Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. Did you know that the universe and the cosmos was created by the very Word of God? The Word of God is literally the most powerful force in the universe. And, consequently, Jesus expects us to use our words carefully, thoughtfully, and lovingly. Do you have a habit of being careful and thoughtful with your words? Do you let your yes be yes and your no be no? Let's open our Bible to Matthew chapter 5 and see what the Lord Jesus has for us. Well, good afternoon and welcome to another teaching. Today is Friday, February 5th. It's a little after one o'clock in the afternoon here in Texas. Hopefully everyone is doing well and uh, just growing to know Jesus better, growing to love Jesus better. Hopefully you're growing to know his love for you better. And hopefully you're growing to obey him more and more and uh, growing to repent you know, over those areas that are uh, that you're struggling in and where you're not being obedient. And as always, there's no better way to do that than spending time in your Bible, spending time reading, studying, meditating on, and obeying the Word of God. And in this case, listening to the Word of God being taught. So, welcome everyone. Um, today we're going to discuss Matthew chapter 5. Just five verses, verses 33 to 37. They are pretty famous verses spoken by Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. So we're going to go ahead and read it, and then we'll pray and we'll get right into it. Matthew 5, verse 33. Again, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, Do not break your oath but keep the oaths you have made to the Lord. But I tell you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. Simply let your yes be yes, and your no, no. Anything beyond this, comes from the evil one. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we do invite you into this time. We thank you, Father, for your word. We thank you for your mercy, your favor, and your goodness on our lives. Father, above all, we thank you for Jesus, our Lord, our Master, our King, and our God. Lord Jesus, we love you, and we bless you, and we praise you, and we worship you. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us and guide us now as we open the word of God, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Verse 33. Again, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, Do not break your oath, but keep the oaths you have made to the Lord. 34. But I tell you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. The teaching in this is, uh, 
I, I don't know if there's a more relevant and important teaching literally in the world today than the principles that are laid out in these five verses. Jesus here is talking about how we do and do not use our words. In Matthew, the same book, chapter 12, verse 36, Jesus says that every careless word that we utter in our lives will be brought into judgment. Try to think about the magnitude of that statement. I've said many a time talking about that verse, I mean, I need so much mercy because I cannot... I cannot begin to imagine how many careless words I have spoken. What is a careless word? So again, if you're following in your Bible and you want to turn in Matthew chapter 12, verse 36, you'll see that Jesus declares that, that every careless word that we speak will have to give an account of it. So a careless word, simply put, is, is a word or a series of words, right, Diedrich, that we... Uh, that we speak without care, without, uh, you know, we really don't care what we're saying. We don't care whether it's true or not. We don't care whether it's right or not. It's just being, being careless with our words. I was, uh, I was taking a walk and I met a, a brother in Christ um, named Diedrich. He goes by D. And uh, we got to fellowship for... Uh, for about an hour, hour and a half, we just walked together and encouraged one another and talked about the Word of God. He was walking and reading his Bible. And uh, I'd come in our walk, we had come by each other a second time. So, you know, we stopped and we spoke. And man, it was just at a, an incredible time of fellowship. And we talked about all kinds of principles. Um, and I mean, he was very receptive. I was just very blessed by. Uh, you know, by our time together, and then we prayed together at the end of it. Um, and this was one of the principles we spoke about is how we use our words. And Diedrich was so receptive, man. I was so blessed just, uh, you know, when he heard this, he said, you know, you know, I had not heard that before. And immediately he tried to put it into action. And, uh, and that's how we ought to be as Christians. When we learn something in the word of God, and we know that it's correct for everything in the, in the Bible is correct, we ought to immediately put it into action. I mean, immediately. And we were talking about, uh, him and I were talking about how we use our words. And uh, we were talking about the phrase, uh, to be honest. And, you know, most of us recognize that phrase and most of us use it. There are some of us who use the phrase, to be honest, or they say, honestly, five, six, seven, eight, ten times a conversation. If you think about the words, to be honest, what do those really mean? When you say to someone, to be honest, what you're really saying is, with you, right now, I'm going to be honest. And what you're implying is that normally, you're not honest. Normally, you lie all the time. But right now, you're going to be honest. Does that make sense? Do you see that? When you say to somebody, honestly, when you preface something by saying, honestly, what you're really implying 
is that you're generally not honest as a lifestyle. What you really mean to say when you say, to be honest, what you're trying to communicate, of course, is that you're going to be candid or you're going to be frank or you're just going to tell it as it is. You're going to be, you know, real. You're going to be straightforward. So when Diedrich heard this, and, I, and, and it's rare that I ever see this, he fixed it in our conversation. He actually caught himself and began to say, you know, to be candid because, you know, we were having a real life conversation about real life things. And, uh, and, and I expressed to him that in the last, I don't know, when someone I think taught me this like 20 years ago, someone had taught me that, that the phrase, to be honest, is just very poor communication, um, improper communication. I don't know if it took me a couple of years to fix it. It took this guy a couple of minutes to fix it. So these scriptures, um, Matthew 5, verses 33 to 37, are speaking about how we, how we manage our words. Think about how important words are. Why are words so important? Why would Jesus in Matthew 12, 36, Stephen, say that every careless word we speak will be brought into account and we'll be judged for that. Y'all, we, we speak so many careless words. Someone has asked me, well, what are careless words? Are they, is it foul language? Is it lying? Well, of course, all those are careless words. But it's even more than that. As we already said, uh, careless words are words that come out of your mouth and you don't, you just don't care whether they're right or wrong, whether they're true or not. They're just words spoken without care. And Jesus said, all of these words will have to give an account for them. That's kind of a scary thing. Obviously, this has nothing to do with our salvation. There'll be some listening to this thinking that this has something to do with you going to heaven. I literally think I say this every podcast. Nothing we do has anything to do with whether or not our sins are forgiven and we go to heaven. We go to heaven by completely, totally, and only trusting Jesus Christ as our only hope, our only Savior, our only Master. We put our faith and trust entirely in what Jesus did for us at the cross, where he died in our place and on our behalf. Okay, Jesus was raised from the dead. And, you know, when we put your faith in Jesus, when I put my faith in Jesus, asking him to come into my heart, to be the Lord of my life, to save me from my sin, all of my sin is paid for by Jesus at the cross. It's actually all taken from me and applied to Jesus at the cross. And believe it or not, the perfect righteous life that Jesus lived when he walked the earth, that's given to me in return. It is the, it is the most amazing, remarkable, wonderful exchange. That exchange, my sin for the righteous life of Jesus Christ, is the heart of the Christian gospel. C.S. Lewis, one of, uh, one of my favorite authors, uh, I would recommend everyone read anything he ever wrote, C.S. Lewis. Um, most people know him for his, uh, his Narnia series, the, the children's books, but listening or reading to all of them, you know, uh, an adult can glean amazing things from them. 
but he has uh, tremendous theological works. Um, and he also has uh, some novels. He has a space trilogy. That's just, uh, it's an amazing three books called Out of the Silent Planet is the first one. Paralandra is the second. And That Hideous Strength is the third. And they're just, uh, it's, it's tremendous Christian fiction. Um, the, the main character, Ransom, is a, uh, is a tremendously godly man. And he's used by Jesus to go to other planets in the first two books. And, and they are just really phenomenal. I don't want to spoil it for you, but it's, it's some of the best Christian fiction you'll, you'll ever read in your life. Uh, so it's the C.S. Lewis Space Trilogy. I would recommend it um, on audiobook, um, as you know, as the readers are really, really good. Um, I think it's the same reader. Um, you know, a British reader with that really cool accent. Um, and of course, just you know, getting the, the literal books themselves. My wife May and I were on a uh, we're on a road trip for like a six, it's like a 13 hour road trip where we were going to uh, my daughter's college graduation in Tennessee. And, you know, she had never heard. She had been brought up in Singapore and of course, you know, knew of C.S. Lewis and, you know, some of his famous books, Mere Christianity and Screwtape Letters, um, uh, The Great Divorce and and I would certainly recommend all of these, but she had never heard that there was this, this space trilogy. And so the first book, uh, it's an audio book. It's about, I think it's six, six and a half hours. And she listened. We were able to listen, I believe, to the entire book on the, on the drive there. And, and, and my wife was moved. Uh, my wife may was moved to, to tears by the by by the writing and by the power of this writing from C.S. Lewis, and she didn't even realize that the book existed. And, and uh, she listened to uh, Out of the Silent Planet, the first book of the Space Trilogy. So, again, I I, re I could not recommend it more if you enjoy uh, just amazing Christian fiction. So when we, when we speak words, why does Jesus say they're so important? We forget that the universe itself, the cosmos, Dustin, was created with words. Scott. In the book of Genesis, if you, if you go all the way to the, to the uh, beginning of your Bible and open to Genesis chapter 1, you'll see how God created the universe. And Colossians 1 said it was Jesus, God the Son, who was doing this. And in Genesis, the Bible says the universe was created. You'll see it says, and God said, let there be light. And pow! Light appeared. God said, let there be a sun. Let there be a moon. Um, let there be dry land. He spoke all these things. And it happened. 
That's how powerful the word of God really, really, really is, Peyton. That's how powerful it is, Ireland. Esther. That's how powerful this Bible really is. Diedrich and I were talking about that. This Bible is the word, is the word of God. Kimberly. It's the living word of God. That same word that created the earth, the universe, the moon, the suns, all those other planets we know about, right? Mercury, Venus, Mars, Pluto, Jupiter. I'm not really an astronomy guy, but I know that much. Uranus, uh, and then there's, a, there's like billions of galaxies all around, right? All of that, Abraham, was created by the word of God. So when you open your Bible, you would think it'd be a little heavier physically, right? Because it's got the weight of the entire universe inside of there. So, God takes his words pretty seriously. And we ought apparently to take our words seriously. We ought to take care with what comes out of our mouth. And we don't. Regrettably, as Christians, we're often not much better than non-Christians when it comes to how we use our words. And it is a, uh, as I said at the outset, I don't know. This is an area for us as Christians, that has so much room for improvement, um, there are no words. But our Lord is merciful, and we can start today where we have been careless in the use of our words, where we haven't been thoughtful, where we haven't thought before we've spoken, right, Sam? Where, you know, where we say things and, you know, we don't really mean it, we don't know if it's true, we don't know if it's proper communication or not. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we, we confess, I confess, Father, that I have, uh, I have consistently in my life used my words carelessly, Lord. I have not been careful as I've ought to have been, Lord, in my words. And Father, I ask you to, to help us, Lord. Holy Spirit, I ask you to lead us and guide us and to help us to be more thoughtful, to be more careful, to be more genuine, to be more candid, to be more loving, and to be more forgiving, Lord, in all of our words. Lord Jesus, I ask you to lead us and guide us as we endeavor to use our words in a godly and biblical and Christ-like way. Help us, Lord Jesus. Help us, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, when I say this, I'm not saying that we can't have humor. Okay? I'm not saying that we can't joke around. Okay? Um, that's not what this is at all. Okay? We're allowed to have fun. We're allowed to, 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 to play around. Right? We're allowed to, to say funny things. Right? Um, but... Everything ought to be done 
you know, in, in a Christ-like and Christ-centered way, you're allowed to be witty. You're allowed to be funny, right? Um, again, this is such an expansive subject. It's so massive, there's no words. And all of us know it. Anyone who's listening to this can look at how they've used their words and recognize that there is substantial room for meaningful improvement. Mm. Again, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not break your oath, but keep your oaths you have made to the Lord. But I tell you, do not swear at all. Okay? Jesus is now talking about your words. He's talking about a saying, again, that was said that, you know, you ought to keep an oath that you make to the Lord, and certainly you ought to do that. Okay? But Jesus is saying that he's now telling you to not make any oaths at all. Don't swear by anything. In, in Jesus' day, you would hear people say, Jesus said, don't swear by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is footstool. This is verse 34 and 35. Um, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. When you swear by something, you have heard it said when people say, I swear to God. Don't ever do it anymore for the rest of your life. Ever, 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 ever. I don't know how many evers that is, but I'll give you one more. Ever. Don't swear, you know, you know, cross my heart and hope to die. I swear on my mom's life. We've all heard these things, right? Really what Jesus is teaching us is that that weakens that weakens the argument. The greater character we have in Christ, the less meaning any of these things or oaths have. The very famous line in verse 37, the very famous scripture, Jesus says, simply let your yes be yes and your no, no. I was studying for this and I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember the quote, but you know, um, the quote that I, that I would, that, that I had found that really stuck out to me is that, you know, uh, the, the greater a person's character, the, the less need they ever have to ever add to their words, any type of oath or any type of, you know, um, I swear to God. And the weaker the character that a person has, the less you'd believe any oaths that they would swear to anyway. Does that make sense? Someone who has very poor character, they'll often use these, these oaths. I swear to God. Oh, I, I cross my heart and hope to die. Oh, I swear on my mom's life. Oh, I, whatever it is, right? Whatever the, whatever the oath is. And the more they say that, the less you're inclined to believe them. The greater a man or woman's character, the more completely unnecessary any of these things ever are needed. Ever, Scott. Jesus said simply, let your yes be yes 
and your no-no. That is a profound statement. And it has massive application to how we, how we live our lives and into how we interact with one another as Christians, how we interact in the workplace, in your job and in your friendships and in your relationships. Sometimes people will, will ask us to do things, right? And man, we, we, we don't want to do it, frankly, right? But, but at the same time, we really don't want to say no. And so we'll be like, well, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know what I got going on. Let me, let me check my schedule. Um, you know, I got to talk to my wife. Let your yes be yes and no, no. Now, this is not something that can be fixed overnight. For us to do better in this, it's going to take practice because our entire lives are, are out of place when it comes to this. And that example I just gave, if you know whether you're going to do it or not, okay? You don't want to wait. You don't want to keep the person you know, hanging, so to speak. You don't want to keep him in limbo. Jesus said, let your yes be yes and no, no. If you, if you don't feel like doing it, but you're convicted, you should do it. And you know, you can do it. Hey, can you pick me up and give me a ride home? Yes. If it's something that, that, that it's just not in your, in your time frame to do and you, and it's not something you don't want to do, then you say no. That way the person can ask somebody else. Somebody tells you, hey, you want to go out to dinner Friday night? Do you want to hang out? Do you want to spend some time together? Well, no. Okay? Let your yes be yes and no, no. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't times where you can't say, you know, give me, you know, just give me a few minutes. I want to, I just want to see what's going on. Um, but you want to be the type of person. You want to be a man or woman, uh, a man or woman that says yes or says no. That you give your word and you stand by your word. That's that's very hard for us to do because because most of us we don't want to be uh, we don't want to disappoint somebody, and so saying no is, is is hard for a lot of us. It's difficult, but it's necessary. It really is better to say no than to string someone along over and over and over and over and over. Um. You know, I have some, uh, you know, I have the, the people that work in, in the ministry with Kingdom Discipleship. And, uh, you know, they, they do a pretty good job at this. You know, if I, uh, you know, if, I, if I'm requesting something or if I need something and I say, you know, uh, hey, Stephen, can, can you come do this? If he can do it, he'll be in his car and he'll be on his way to get it handled. If not, he'll say, you know. You know, he's actually quite good at it. He'll say, man, I really do. I'm, I'm just behind at work. I got a lot of things going on. I, if, you, if, if, if it has to be, I can. And then I obviously have the opportunity to say, no, go ahead, do what you got to do first. It's not that pressing. But that's how we ought to be. You know, we, we want to be people that are let your yes be yes and no, no. We want to treat people 
how we want to be treated. So when it comes to our words, you know, we want to, we want, we don't want to speak vaguely. You want to speak clearly. You want to speak truthfully. You want to speak candidly. You want to speak frankly. When you say you're going to do something, you do it. It says you keep your oath. Again, we don't make oaths. Don't make any oaths to the Lord. Don't say, oh, Lord, I'm going to do this. 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 A great, uh, there's a great devotional out there called My Utmost for His Highest by a man called Oswald Chambers, who's a, a tremendous church father. I would recommend everyone read it. Um, it's a daily devotional. Um, and in, in one of his uh, daily devotionals, he says, uh, you know, uh, he talks about the nonsense of all the oaths we make to the Lord. And then a week later, we break them. Right. We like to tell the Lord, oh, Jesus, I'm going to do this or Father, I'm going to do this. Holy Spirit, I'm going to do this. And then a week later, you're not doing it. Don't do it anymore. Don't tell Jesus, Jesus, I'm going to go do this, do this. Just do what the word of God has told you to do. Don't tell the Lord, I'm going to do this. Lord, I'm going to do that. You can tell him Jesus and you can ask for his help. You can say, Lord, I, I would like to do better at doing this. Of course, you want to have relationship with him. But. We, we need to be the type of people who are growing to be people of our word. The Bible is the word of God. Jesus said that heaven and earth will pass away and we'll get a new one, uh, a remodeled one. But my word will never pass away. This Bible, the words in your Bible will never, ever, 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 ever leave us. They'll never diminish. They'll never lessen. They will be there for all eternity. So we want to be men and women of our word. And you want to start this today. I mean, when I pray here in a little bit, you know, we're going to, I'm going to repent just for the places where I haven't been a man of my word. And you'll want to repent if you haven't been a person of your word. And you want to begin today to more and more and more let your yes be yes and no, no. Right, Chris? You don't make promises you can't keep. You don't say things that are not true. We don't exaggerate. We simply let our yes be yes and no, no. And, and, and I've already said this. I confess that I have done all of these things. These are things I have worked on fairly diligently in the last 15 to 20 years. But, uh, you know, I consistently find that I have so much room for improvement in my words. And I'll say again, it's what we're talking about when you're using your words in a serious conversation, right? It doesn't mean that you can't make jokes or something, right? It's one thing to exaggerate when you're telling a joke. It's another thing, you know, to exaggerate when you're just having a conversation and you want to make yourself more than you are, make someone's, someone, uh, someone else more than they are or something else more than it is, right? None of, none of that is using your words carefully and thoughtfully. Don't swear by anything, okay? Um, whenever you swear by something, Jesus said either by heaven or by the earth or by Jerusalem, it 
we generally, when we do that, we're trying to add weight to what we're saying. But frankly, what we're really doing is we're taking weight from what we're saying. Because the greater your character, the more Christ-like your character, the completely more unnecessary that is. As you become known to be a man or woman in Christ, that is, that is a man or woman of their word, all, when you say you're going to do something, you do it. And if by the off chance you can't do it, you get a hold of that person ahead of time. If you cannot keep your word, you go out of your way to get a to get uh, to get a hold of that person that you gave your word to ahead of time, and you give an explanation and you ask for forgiveness. That ought to be rare, though. We ought to be men and women of our word. And as I've said, this is no easy thing, but there are few things more important than our lives for learning to communicate and use our words in a more Christ-like manner. And in this case, verse 37, simply letting your yes be yes and your no, no, Wendy. Because look at he said, um, if you're reading in your Bible, look at this, verse 37, simply let your yes be yes and your no, no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. Wow. So all of that stuff that I just mentioned that we have a tendency to do is not of God. It's ultimately has its roots in the devil, which all evil has its roots in the devil. It's because of the devil we have an evil world. When he led our our great, 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 great grandparents astray, Adam and Eve, right? So, you know, he is the author of evil. So when we're not using our words correctly, that's, that's not of God. It's actually, it's evil and has its roots in the devil. At Bible study last night, uh, <laughs> I, was, I was talking about my daughter Kristen is, is just consistently, you know, just astounded at the candor and the force of the words that Jesus uses. I mean, there has never, ever, ever, ever been someone who spoke that was more like this than Jesus. We were talking about, you remember when, uh, when Jesus is, is speaking, it's in the next chapter of this book, actually, I believe it's in Matthew 6, and he says to the people, and we don't know how many people there are. It could be 20,000 people. We don't know how many people. But he looks at them at all. He looks at all of them and says, though you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? And I said yesterday in Bible study, how do you look at a sea of people, a mass of people, and call everyone evil? Though you being evil, know how to do right by your kids. How much more will your perfect, sinless, loving, amazing, heavenly father, Jason, take care of you when you come to him? Jesus did not mix words. Now, again, uh, this doesn't give us license to be harsh. It doesn't give us license to be mean. 
we still have to, you know, as Ephesians 4 says, speak the truth in love. Um, you know, we need to be loving in our communication, but we need to be candid. We need to be clear. Of course, we need to be honest. We, uh, most of us have a problem with exaggeration. We want to work on, um, on not exaggerating, not stretching the truth. Um, it, you know, and it, it really is epidemic in our lives. If you took an inventory of your life today and looked at the use of your words in every way we're spoken about here, um, I, I think you'd find it alarming. I know I do. Um, and it's really something that hinders our intimacy with our Heavenly Father. The more thoughtful you are of your words, the more thoughtful you'll be of Jesus and his word. The less thoughtful we are of our words, D, the less thoughtful we'll be of the word of God. And that's a heavy statement. And this has always been true. The more an individual truly grows to know Jesus Christ better and better and better and better, the more they care about the words and the communication that comes from their mouth. Again, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, don't break your oath, but keep your oaths you made to the Lord. Okay? Uh, of course. Okay? So I'll say again, what you're going to do is you're not going to make any oaths anymore, Jesus said. But I tell you, don't swear at all. Okay? Don't do that anymore. Don't make any more oaths. Not to God or any other person. Don't, don't say anything but, you know, yes, I can do it. No, I can't do it or I will get back to you. And when you say you'll get back to the person, make sure you get back to them in a, in, a, in a way that you would want them to get back to you if you needed something, right? You remember Jesus' incredibly famous, overwhelming line that people don't even know where it comes from when Jesus said, so in everything, do unto others as you would have them do unto you because this fulfills the whole Bible. That's in two chapters from here. A lot of good stuff in this Sermon on the Mount, Lauren, right? Verse 36, Jesus said, there were people that would swear by their head. I don't know how you do that, but it would be a saying. Jesus said, and do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. Well, Jesus, today we can do that. We have this thing called hair coloring and, you know, I can make my hair white or black. Okay. That's not what he's saying here. Okay. You didn't choose the color of your hair at birth, did you? I believe, and I have said this before, I'm not an expert by any means when it comes to, to babies and birth and children, but it's my understanding that when, when parents go in to the doctor and they have that, uh, that sonogram, you know, um, I, correct me if I'm wrong, you don't choose anything. Like you don't walk in and say, doc, we'd like a boy, please. And we'd like a boy with, uh, you know, with black hair 
and we'd like some nice olive skin, please. Um, we'd like some gleaming blue eyes. Is that how that works? Is that how that works, Abraham? Robin? That's not how that works, right? You don't get to choose anything. Jesus chose all of those things for you. Now, some of us don't like the color, so we take a different one. And I'm not saying anything against that. If you want to go to the beauty parlor and get your hair colored green, red, have at it. Okay? Um, but the point is, unless you go and have someone color your hair, you cannot choose to make, Jesus said, one hair white or black. That wasn't put in your control. You came from the womb with a hair color, and then I guess that hair color changes as our life goes on. If you don't have anything artificially done to it. We want to be yes and no men and women and children. We want to teach our children and be examples of letting our yes be yes and no, no. And again, if you can't give a yes or no answer, then you let the person know that. And just, you know, with, uh, uh, with efficiency and, you know, and, uh, and thoughtfulness, you get back to that person as quick as possible with a yes or no answer. Because that's how you'd want to be treated. That's how I want to be treated. Well, Father, we, uh, we come before you now, Father, and in the name of Jesus Christ, our only Lord and Savior and Master and King, we do repent, Father. We repent in the name of Jesus for all the, all the times we have, we have not let our yes be yes and no, no. We repent for all the times that we have used our words carelessly. We repent, Father, for the times that we've lied for the times we've exaggerated, for the times we've misled others. Father, we ask you to forgive us. We ask you to cleanse us. And we ask you to wash us of that unrighteousness in the name of Jesus. And we ask you to begin to help us this day to be men and women of God who are careful in our words who are thoughtful in our words, who are measured in our words, who labor to use proper and godly and Christ-like communication. Father, help us to grow to be men and women who simply let our yes be yes and no, no. Holy Spirit, I ask you to convict us when, when we make a lot of excuses to use a lot of words in a lot of ways and we don't simply let our yes be yes and no, no. We ask you to cleanse us of this unrighteousness. Lord Jesus, we love you and we thank you and we praise you and we thank you for your incredible word here, Lord. Help us not to, to give, to, 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 to swear by anything, to not make any oaths, but to simply be men and women who are men and women of our word who we give our word and we keep our word and men and women that can be known by our word. 
Lord Jesus, we ask you to help us to and show us and to lead us and to guide us and to have mercy on us and to convict us that as a body of Christ, we can do this better starting this moment in this day for all the days of our life. Lord, help us to be pleasing to you in our words and in our communication and in how we speak to one another. We thank you for your word, Father. We thank you for the incredible power of the word of God that created the universe and raised the Lord Jesus Christ from the dead. We commit this time into your hands. We commit our lives into your hands. We commit our words into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. For more information about our ministry, please visit www.kingdomd.org. If you'd like to email us directly, you can reach us at contact at kingdomd.org.